Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, here to help you find success in all areas of your life. The power is in your hands. Join our network for free at besteveryou.com. And now, here's Elizabeth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Best Ever You Show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Happy Friday, everyone. And Samantha Bush, thank you so much for being here with us. Of course, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, we're going to we're going to chat about infertility. It's a it's a tough topic and uh one that I understand that you've had a, a private and now pub, sort of public um <laughs> you've written about it, so it's public um struggle with. Uh would you like to just share about maybe like why you wrote why you wrote a book about this and how what your goals are to help other people? Yeah, so we've actually been talking about our story since around probably 2014. Um, You know, we were young when we got married. We started trying to build our family. We were just 25, 26, never thought that we would have any issues. And, you know, after um, many months of trying on our own and finally at the year mark seeking medical help and so on and so forth, with both of our diagnosis, it was, we were led down the path of IVF. And back in 2014, you know, Instagram wasn't as popular as it is now, and and there wasn't as much support. And so I remember being, just feeling very alone and not understood, and like I was the only one going through these struggles. And so we decided to be very open about our journey so that other couples facing similar issues would know that, no, you're not alone. These feelings are normal. Um, And over the past few years, it's just amazing at how many couples and women have to step forward to share what they've learned through their infertility battles. And it's that's not only a comfort, but a source of empowerment and knowledge for all those in the community. You know, it helps us to be our own advocates and learn new things and, and just really find that support that I think everybody needs when they're battling infertility. Yeah. What about the what about the crowd of women as a whole, all of us, and, and how inclusive you are? For example, I'm a mom of four sons. They're now ages 20, 22, 24, and 26. So, I don't struggle with infertility, but I did struggle with miscarriages. Can you chat about us sort of collectively as a whole group of women and all and and kind of like what you just said about um you know the the suffering we do in silence sort of behind the scenes um i I just would love for you to touch on us as a as an entire group if you would fortunately, you know we've experienced two miscarriages as well, and that was something we didn't have much of a choice not to share because, um, you know, our first round of IVF, we had our son Brexton, it went so easy. And then since then it has been either one miscarriage or failed cycle after another. Um, And so our first miscarriage we experienced was during our second round and we had announced that we were pregnant and because everybody was kind of along on this journey with us. And, and so it was very devastating to have to go through, but, On the flip side, because we did share it, you know, I quickly found out how many other women, it's statistically one in four women will go through a miscarriage and just the outpouring of love and support. And I felt, you know, at that time, just obviously your heart shattered and you're grasping at straws trying to figure out why did this happen? And there's so much heartbreak and just being able to use 
social media as a tool to connect with other women who had already experienced so you know so many of the same things and they were there to help me to kind of guide me through my grief and help me find closure and it's just really important and so I just really find a benefit of speaking out and and for anybody listening you don't so much have to go share it on all of your social platforms, but there are really great small communities, whether you find them through your church or uh, through Resolve or through, there's different things like the one in four app, the peanut app. You can just go on these apps and connect with other women that are going through things in real time with you. And it's just so nice. Um, You know, even through our last round, which, uh, for us ended up in miscarriage through Instagram. I, I made a friend that another community member, you know, introduced us to and said, Hey, you guys did your transfer on the same day. You know, if you guys want to connect and it was nice having a person who had gone through the transfer at the same time, who was having the same feelings and emotions at the same time. And, and it's just really so helpful and such a hard journey to kind of have that support. I I really appreciate you saying that. One of the things that just strikes me about you is that you're just so reachable. Uh, You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be another, you know, quote-unquote famous person or anything like that. You you are – I love your Instagram, by the way. You're just so real and so reachable. Um, I am older than you. I'm going to predict by a lot. I'm I'm about to be 52, and I was just on your Instagram. Before, I go on your Instagram a lot, but I was on your Instagram before the show. And you know, you have things on there that help us stay fit too. Like I was like, oh, that's a great arm video. And I know that takes us off course a little bit from infertility, but I think it's sort of all tied together. And so I'm wondering why that part is so important to you as well. Why why is the wellness and the fitness component so important to you because you you are so toned and so in shape and I love all your workout outfits and everything so I love that aspect of you as well um why is oh, that so well, important to you, you? Um, yeah no, actually, you're, sorry, you're super so welcome funny, <laughs> <laughs> so funny story uh back in the day my dad was he did amateur bodybuilding on the side he was in construction yeah. but he loved doing that. And so from a young age, I was always exposed to, you know, working out. And then even in high school, um, I actually worked the front desk at the gym that my dad went to, and he would drive me to work and stuff like that. And in college, I was an instructor um, for spin and um, all sorts of different fitness classes. So it's kind of always been, I don't know, for me, it's, it's my time. Um, you know, I just make it a priority in my schedule. Um you know, and sometimes it's hard. Like last night I was running around like crazy. Once I got breakfast into bed, I was like, all right, just, just 20 minutes to myself. Um, and that's just, I feel like what keeps me grounded when things are really chaotic. And I just find it, you know, obviously really important. And, and for anybody going through, you know, all of your fertility journey, obviously throughout it, you would modify to where you feel comfortable. But, you know, it's kind of just my, okay, clear everything out of my mind. Don't look at your phone. Don't worry about what's going on and, and just have a, have a little me time. Does it make you happy that your Instagram and your social media and you as a human being appeal to all ages? It does. I always try to put things on there that I'm like, huh, what would, 
you know, I don't want anybody to ever feel like, oh, I can't relate to that. And and I think that's one thing that comes from traveling the NASCAR circuit. Um, so my husband's in racing, and we have fans of all ages. And I think that's the greatest thing. And true story, that's exactly why I actually started a website or a blog before blogging was popular. Um, we would be traveling <laughs> yeah. to the races, and people would say, well, what does Kyle eat before a race? And I was getting so many similar questions of that or, you know, can you show us a quick hair tutorial and, and things like that? And so I put it all on a website and it was interesting because when we would be at the races, I would have, you know, younger teenage girls ask me. I would have people of all different, you know, whether they were all over the country, whatever age they were, there was always something that I was like, oh, yeah, maybe that will help somebody else. And um, for anybody that looks at my recipes, I like to say my cooking is for people who don't, if it comes from, like, if there's an easier route to take, I'm going to go that route. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and, like, hand make my own pasta, even though my noni would love for me to have known how to do that. Um, I like to try to do things that are a little bit quicker and easier because sometimes I'll pull up stuff on Pinterest and I'll be like, prep time two hours and 20 minutes. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, who's going to really chop all that? <laughs> yeah. Were you like, were you like this in high school and junior high? Were you the, were you one of the girls that everybody just liked to follow and learn from and so forth? Because I'm, I'm feeling that like if, like if I was younger and we were in high school together, I'd be like, she's cool. Like, you can follow her. You uh-huh. learn from her. You're just one of those, you're just one of those women who's inclusive. And I love that about I, you. I can just feel it. Well, thank you. I mean, I definitely feel like I've I've always been inclusive, but I would definitely say with age, you know, comes confidence and kind of being comfortable in your own skin and, and who you are and what you believe in. Um, I think that's one thing, especially that to come back to infertility, when we started all of this, I was afraid to speak up. Um, so I knew, I felt that something was wrong, and I kept kind of asking um, my OBGYN, and it was that standard, if it's not a year, you don't have to worry. I'm like, but I, I really feel like something's off here. But I was so young, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to, I think people think it's being pushy, but it's not being pushy. It's Now I know that. It's your own health. It's your own body. It's your own future. And so just having that confidence to speak up or to walk into a doctor's office with a prepared list of questions and be like, you know, I these are the things that I need answered. Or having the confidence when you get a diagnosis, if you don't understand something or if there's something in the protocol that you're like, I'm just not following, to really be able to be confident to speak up and say, I'm sorry, I know that you're super busy, but can we just rewind and, and explain that one more time to me? And I feel like those are things that I've I've learned and, and gotten comfortable with as I've gotten older. Yeah, that advocating part is, is so important. And, um, okay, we're going to get to your book in just a minute here. And I know just somebody just tweeted to me, like, get to the book, get to the book. I'm like, yep, I'm there. Hang on just a second. Yeah, I wanted to share with you that I'm, um, I am, I have uh, – seven sisters and several struggle with infertility and um and so forth so we're i'm very aware of this topic even though i have four boys <laughs> so i just wanted to let you know that so you know that you're in, in good company and i i really understand where you're coming from because i've seen it firsthand um through my sisters so your book is called fighting infertility finding my inner war finding my inner warrior through trying to conceive ivf and miscarriage why did you write a book on this what made you do that? So, 
I wrote a book because for the longest time, we had been sharing our journey in little pieces. So, you know, it would be, okay, we went for a transfer, or unfortunately, you know, we had a failed cycle. Oh, we had a surrogate. And and I just found that as we shared these little tidbits, there people had so many questions about our story and the background behind it and the whys and the emotions and you know, you miss so much of that without the full context, the full picture. And so, you know, I had always kind of journaled as a form of therapy. And so one day, I this is like my favorite story. So Harlan Coben is my favorite author. He writes like murder mysteries, all the things. And I had done an interview one day and said that he was my favorite author, tagged him in it, and he reached out. And I was like, oh, thanks, I'll send you a book, yada, yada flash forward he has some teenage sons they were into racing we got to bring him out to a race I got to talk to him and I was kind of telling him this and he's like well why why won't you write a book I'm like well I'm not a professional I don't know what to do I can't do it you know just all that self-doubt and he was like well just give it a try I mean he, and I thought in my head you know being an author like you go to the cabin and you're inspired and you write everything. And he was like, I've got tons of kids. My wife works. I don't go anywhere. He's like, sometimes I like write on the back of a napkin at a restaurant. He's like, just do it. And I was like, (laughs) okay, all right. And so I started laying out all of my journaling and thought, you know, I think I could write more of a complete picture. And and that's what I started doing. And, And I wanted people to realize that you know, infertility is not a one-size-fits-all, and it doesn't just affect that one part of your life. It kind of seeps into every single part, every single relationship. And, and I wanted people to see what we did wrong so that they could hopefully get it right. And I wanted, to see, I wanted them to see what I've learned so that they didn't have to go through the same trials they would already know. Um, and really just the outreach from people is – thank you. I feel heard. I feel understood. I feel like I'm not alone. And so I, I'm really happy that we wrote it. And, and it's, it's, it, I mean, well, you know, you're an author. It's crazy. Just when, yeah. You're just so excited when people like actually take time out of their schedule to like read your book. It's such a cool feeling. Isn't it a great feeling? You're like, wow, you read my book. <laughs> thank you. Cause I, I think there's so a, there's, no matter who you are, or 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 anything it's it's not a given that everybody's going to read your book when you write one is it writing it's different than marketing it and selling it and so forth and finding that match to to find those readers don't you think i do and you know i put a lot of stuff in the book that was really raw and really ugly and really real and that was kind of scary i remember the day before the book launched, I was, you know, because when you're writing it and you're letting people close to you read it who know you as a person, you're not nervous. And then I just remember the day before it launched, I was like, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> wow. Like, people are going to know everything from, like, the infertility deals a lot with your sex life. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, am I ready, yeah. you know, for everybody to know all these details? And, and at that point, I was like, well too late now <laughs> well yeah especially because you know that's a you have like a real national global presence so um yeah it's out there isn't it yeah so <laughs> it's, it's okay like, well, it's a- you know, 
but it's the parts that I were was most scared of people to read, like the marriage struggles that we went through through infertility or what it does to your sex life. Those were, you know, obviously very intimate details. And those were the parts or, or the horrific telling of the entire miscarriage. But those were the parts that the people going through the same things reached out about. And they were like, thank you, you know. Yeah. Because you can look at Instagram and it looks like this picture perfect everything, but that's not that's not always the reality. And and people need to know that that life isn't always picture perfect. It's messy and it's real and it's work. And and so I'm happy that it could have I could have easily left out some of those really gritty details that you know maybe were embarrassing or hard to write about, but the people that needed to hear it too, those are who I've connected with and those are who found the support from it. And so I'm happy that I didn't take anything out. I am too. I I really love your book and it's a book that you can recommend to other people as well. Um, So I, I, I really, I'm proud of you for doing that. So I, I, I think it needed that actually. So um, I have a question for you. Actually, somebody has a question for you. Um, It is what's something to not say to someone struggling with infertility, oh, yeah, there's a can of worms, right? What's something yeah. to not say to someone? Oh, yeah, I'll leave that with you. So I, I've got some ideas. I actually, in the back of the book, because the first part is our story, but in the back of the book, I worked with a number of therapists and people in the infertility community, and I actually have a section of what not to say. Um, and a lot of it includes saying things like, just relax, it'll happen, um, or, oh, when you stop stressing about it is when it will happen, or in God's time it'll happen, um, because that is a valid point. You know, obviously everything is what God wants it to be, but those are things that, that we know, or we, you know, and, and that's not going to change our situation, or telling us just relax, it, it kind of places the blame on the person trying to get pregnant of, well, you're doing something wrong, so yeah. Yeah. that's why it's not happening. Um, and then another one is just adopt. And I talk a yeah, lot about adopt. adoption. Um, adoption something that we've looked at. It might be down our path one day. But, you know, I've talked to a lot of moms that have adopted, and it is not this snap of the fingers boom, your family is complete type thing. Um, And for a lot of people, the same with IVF. There's the financial struggles behind it. There's the waiting. There's where it falls through. And so kind of offering a suggestion that you've personally been through it and know every detail and struggle and trial that goes into it, it's not just like a cure-all. and so that's that's just a few of the things that I always suggest not to say to people. Yeah, good. Thank you, and I hope that answered the the caller's question. Um, let's go to you just as a uh, businesswoman for a moment here, because as I'm as I'm listening to you talk, you've got recipes and workouts and all these things. You're is the heart of you um, an entrepreneur? Would you say? Oh, for sure. Yeah, we have a lot of things um, going on. So my friend and I, we own an online boutique. Um, My husband and I, over a year ago, launched a healthy energy drink called Rowdy Energy. Um, We have the race team. 
obviously the book, and then um, we also have a foundation, and it's called the Bundle of Joy Fund, and that's where we help couples struggling with infertility pay for their treatments because now being almost a decade into this, we see just how expensive all of these treatments can be, and, and we just don't think it's fair that finances would stand in the way of a deserving couple, you know, completing their family. Yeah. Um, tell me about the online boutique. What is that called? So it's called it's called Avanti the label. Um, my friend Hillary and I own it. It's really fun. It's kind of our creative outlet. It's um it's affordable fashion and it's all online. And what we love about it is we get to curate all the collections, pick out all the pieces, do all the photo shoots, do the website. So for her and I, it's just obviously it's really great getting to work with one of your good friends. And it's just really nice. I feel like I live in a world that revolves around racing and boy things. And so for us, it's nice <laughs> to kind of have that fun, girly, creative outlet. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm I'm the lone female in a house of four boys and my husband, <laughs> and all, all the pets are female. <laughs> That's what I love. Exactly. Around, I'm like, there's my girl. Um yeah, you know, I was gonna, I was going to ask you about that. Like, how has your life changed now that you, now that you have a son and you have business and you, you know, you have racing, you have all these things. How, how is life for you juggling all those things? Any advice there, especially during uh, COVID with working at home or you know just all of it. <laughs> Any advice? Um, definitely a big planner. Um, we kind of live by our calendars and try to keep everything organized and scheduled and we have a great team of people behind us and so that's good but then always remembering too I think the one you know COVID was is crazy but one blessing I think behind it is that it forced a lot of people to kind of stop and enjoy their families and enjoy downtime I think we're a culture of busy is better and it's almost like the norm to be stressed out and go, 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 go. But I think, you know, for a lot of us under lockdown quarantine, it was like, okay, let's bring out the board games again. Let's go for a walk again. Let's take that time. And so I find that we've tried to keep that in our schedule more and more. And really, you know, we always make time for obviously Brexton and and his racing is very busy, but just those easy little things. It's like, Oh, okay. Got those are important too. Yeah, that's really well put. By the way, I I do agree. Bring out the that that's that was the that was the I don't know if there's anything really enjoyable, but the board games. Um, I, we had moments here where we had all four boys, all four sons home. I don't know if I can call them boys anymore. All four sons home, where we would not have had those that those moments with the kids. They just they're right. older and in college and everything. One of them plays college baseball, all that stuff. So we wouldn't we wouldn't have had those moments. So there were there were some good moments like that for sure. Um, do you, as things get may, perhaps busier, will you add more to your to your entrepreneurial ventures? I guess is what I want to ask because it, I I really I'm, I think I'm getting at like will you do more with fitness? Do you think? I, I feel like you've got like a fitness thing going. I don't know if I'm just needing your fitness advice or oh, what. But. Um, 
I mean, I love it. I love all of it. If an opportunity ever arose, I would definitely look into it. But, you know, for right now, it's it's fun and easy. I like to write my workouts and, you know, we film them and, and I kind of ask for people's feedback, like, what what are you looking for? And I know there's a lot of great influencers out there that also have amazing, you know, Instagrams dedicated to fitness, but it's just always been a part of what I liked. And so sometimes when I put together a good workout, I'm like, well, it doesn't take me more than five minutes to share it. So I might as well put it out there. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Uh, do you want to write a, Do you want to write more books? I would. Um, I mean, obviously we've gone through a lot since where my book ended. So our book ended, um, basically starting our search for a surrogate. Um, And then basically a few months later, the world shut down. So that was a very interesting thing, you know, having to look at the options of a surrogate and navigating that through COVID, um, experiencing another failed cycle, deciding to start with a new clinic back at square one seven years later was, you know, a big undertaking. So I think that there is more to the story. And I think that from book one, where I feel like just I sometimes getting my emotions under control, not under control, but everything, because it was the first time was so overwhelming and so scary and so a lot, where this time, I mean, unfortunately, I'm a veteran in the infertility space. So I was able to handle things differently. I was able to assess situations differently. I was able to cope with things because I have the tools now to do so. So I think, you know, I would love to share our story, but then kind of how in the back of book number one, there's a lot more advice from people in the community and therapists and whatnot. I would almost like the second book to be more of a a self-help book because, Mm -hmm. Man, I I get messages from women who are just starting out on this journey, and I remember being so scared and feeling so defeated before I even stepped into that clinic, and it doesn't need to be like that. And there's so many great people out there and so many great tools at your disposal that will help. This is not an easy journey by any means, but no. it can be made easier with the right, probably with the right mindset or, or tools to help your mindset when it, when your, you know, when your emotions go one way or the other to, to, to bring yourself back to center and keep your mindset strong. I bet that's just so important. Yeah. And just the confidence factor, the confidence yep. to know, Hey, if you don't understand something, then you sit there and ask it again until you feel comfortable because when you walk out of that clinic with a bag full of medicine and it's just you and your partner at home that night, you don't want to be doubting yourself then. You want to know, okay, I had all my questions answered. I have all my medications ready. I've got this. Yeah. How important is it for women, no matter what's going on, to not feel less than and to remember their value? Yeah, I think that's very important. That was something I struggled with and talk about in the book. I think as women, you know, we think, okay, we were created to have children. That's what our bodies are supposed to naturally know how to do. And it's very defeating, especially when 
you know, maybe all of your friends or family members are easily getting pregnant and you can't, you feel like, what's wrong with me? What did I do to cause this? And that's the thing that I try to advocate for is that, you know, like, for example, I have PCOS. There's nothing I did to cause it. It's, it's you know, infertility is a disease. Nobody asked for it, but it is it's literally defined as a disease. So seeking help for it is not something to be ashamed of. You didn't cause it, you know, and, and I think that's one thing I try to explain to women is it's definitely difficult to go through, but you don't have to feel like you're less than because there's one in eight other women going through this with you. Um, and I think when you really click with an infertility support group, you go from that feeling of being embarrassed or ashamed and they really kind of bring you in and you feel empowered and you realize that this is the hand you were dealt and I have a team of warriors behind me that are going to help me through it. And it's, it's so empowering to just have a group of women that you've never actually met face-to-face, but they've been through all these trials similar to you, and they're there as someone to listen, someone to vent to, someone to offer guidance to. It's just so important. What do you say to the women and men out there, for that matter, who – are ending their infertility uh, process, struggle, you can fill in the words there better than I can, without a child that's, that's happening. So they're, they're, they are not going to have kids, and it's, that's, this is the end of the road. We're not having kids. Um, what, do you, what, what do you say to those people? Because we have some people in our family who can't have kids. It's definitely difficult. And this can't have kids uh, is the right phrase. You can correct that, too. Um, you know, it's hard, and this is what I tell people. A lot of people have asked after we've gone through so many trials, like, are you done? Is that it? When will you stop? When will you know? And for us, I can't offer that true personal advice because I'm not there yet. Um, I'm still ready to keep fighting this. I'm still ready to try to complete our family. Um, But I think for those that have – kind of made that decision that we've exhausted all options and and this is the end of our journey, I think it's really important, and this is something that I talk about in the book, to, to seek out a therapist, whether it's an infertility therapist or a marriage counselor, whatever that is, because that is a lot for one person or one couple to carry and a very big decision. And I think to have true closure and, you know, I don't want to say almost like come to peace with that decision. It's going to take talking it through with an outside party that is unbiased and can help you work through those emotions. Yeah, you know, that, I guess that's my big advice is like you have to know when that time comes and you have to be okay with that decision. And it might be more difficult getting there than just saying, okay, we're done. And so for your own mental health, really taking that time to meet with a therapist, whether it's in person or on Zoom or whatever it looks like, or if it's not a therapist, maybe it's a mentor, maybe it's a church figure, whatever that looks like, and just making sure that you're okay with that decision because it is hard. And and that's another reason why we started the Bundle of Joy Fund, and currently we're at the REACH Clinic in Charlotte, but for a lot of the couples we've helped, 
finances is what caused them to be at the end of their road. And, and that was, yep. that still is very hard for me that insurance does not cover infertility for most people when it is a disease. Um, what we're trying to do to give back because that's there if you make your decision because you you've come to that decision on your own but it's not fair when finances make that decision for you well put and so i think what you were describing too is just that healing process and i like the phrase you use is you used if you've exhausted all options and then the next steps are to are to basically uh, heal as well as you can is that kind of what you mean also? Yeah, I mean, it's to me, like I said, I can't speak on it personally, but I think about yeah. a miscarriage. You know, that was something I, I can't change the outcome of, and that was something that I think you could, in your head, try to close the door on that and be like, okay, what's done is done, and I have to move forward, and, and that's what you'll do. But when you really sit with a therapist and you work through the emotions and you talk about how you feel and you talk about the things that you're sad for, that's when I think you have more true healing and closure and there's nothing that can be said or done that will ever make a miscarriage less. But I feel like when you take the time to prioritize your mental health and give it the space and time it deserves, it helps. All right. With, uh, with just a few more minutes left here, uh, we have a question that just came in, and it is about jealousy, anger, and sadness. And then we'll we'll wrap up. But um, this person says, I can't even bring myself to be happy for other moms. I'm I'm so miserable. I am in that category of I can't have kids. I don't want to go to a baby shower. I don't want to hold other people's babies. I am jealous. And I think that that is very fair and very valid. Um, I talk about that in the book that, when I was trying, and this was before we even went through infertility, I signed up to throw my friend a baby shower, and I spent half of it crying in the bathroom because it was so hard. And I think, yeah. you know, we live in a culture where it's hard to say no, but you have to say no and prioritize your own mental health. And, you know, now I'm to a point where I've been in support groups. I've been in therapy. I feel like I'm at a point where I can go to those things again. Um, and, you know, I will admit, we're experiencing, we've experienced infertility and then we had Brexton, but now we're going through secondary infertility. So it could be that it is easier for me because I, I do have Brexton. Um, I think that that's a very, very fair point. But I don't think that you should feel or bad about not being able to give yourself at this current time. Um, you have to protect your own mental space. And going to a baby shower is a huge trigger, huge. I mean, it's something you want so bad. And, and I always tell my friends because a few years ago, a lot of my friends were having kids and they were so afraid to tell me. And I said, I'm in the space where I'm not mad you're having kids. I am so happy for you. That is such a blessing. But I am equally as happy for you as I am jealous of you because I want that so bad too. But that doesn't make me love you any less. Um, and that's how I've always explained it to my friends. Um, and I'm like, please come to me. I'm at a space now where I feel okay to be told these things. But that's another thing I talk about in the book. 
there's different boundaries for different ebbs and flows in your journey. And at certain times, as I just said, you're going to be able to go to a baby shower and it might hurt, but you could still be there. Or there might be times that you feel fine going. And there might be times when you're like, I need to put up that boundary and tell my friend, I love you. I'm happy for you, but I hurt so much for me right now. I can't attend. And and that's fine. That's protecting your own mental health. Very, very, very well put. Samantha, I have so enjoyed having you on the Best Ever You Show. I hope you'll come back again and talk to us more as you write more books and do more things. And uh, we're we're big fans here of you at the Best Ever You Show. So I hope that you'll come back. I would love to. And thank you so much for having me on. And if anybody else has any more questions, I'm I'm pretty available through social media or wherever. Yeah. And I'd be happy to answer anything that, you know, if anybody didn't feel comfortable asking. Perfect. Is, and is there anything in closing that we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about before we go, or did, did we touch on most things? No, anything I think I left those out? were a lot, of, a lot of great questions. All right, perfect. All right, um, everybody, you can go to Samantha's website, too. It's samanthabush.com. It's B-U-S-C-H.com. Her book is Fighting Infertility, Finding My Inner Warrior Through Trying to Conceive IVF and Miscarriage. It's available wherever books are sold. It's published by HCI Books, and I've really just um, loved this conversation. It's a hard conversation, and you made it listenable. So I, I really appreciate that. I think this will help a lot of people. appreciate well, you, thank you you tackling this topic. I appreciate your time and asking me to be on to chat. And, and just thank you again. This is a very important topic that a lot of women face, and I'm just happy to do my small part in normalizing this conversation. Perfect. All right, Samantha, thank you. I hope you have a great day. And to everybody out there, I hope you have a great day as well. Thanks for joining us. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you tuned in. Be brave, be bold, be you. And remember to visit us at besteveryou.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.